All right, what's up, everybody? This is BDB, along here with B Mac, doing the first ever untitled podcast. We got a lot f- for you today. We're going to talk about Lev. We're going to talk about Dez. We're going to talk about the NFL. And uh, let's get B Mac in here. How you doing, B Mac? Doing well, BDB. What's going on out here in Fort Worth? Don't mind my background. Uh, we'll fix that up someday. <laughs> Well, like we said, this is the very first podcast. We got a lot of things to fix, but we're just getting this practice in. Uh, Is it finally cool enough to record in your garage? Are we good now? Yeah, we're we're cool now. (laughs) We're cool. All right, well, let's hop right into it. Uh, Yesterday, the Saints made a big splash signing des bryant who's been a free agent ever since the cowboys cut him away from his 12 and a half million dollar contract in the offseason um what do you think about this is this a smart move for the saints first i think it was inevitable that the cowboys were going to cut him who would pay this man uh 12 and a half million dollars honestly uh he hasn't had a thousand yard season since 2014 uh hasn't had a hundred catch season since about the same time uh no, it's actually been what twenty three games since he's had a hundred uh, hundred yards. That's Hasn't long. been that long. Wow. Yeah, uh, but at the money that the Saints signed him, I think it's a good signing. It, it, it'd be a good signing for almost any contender at that price. Uh, they gave him a one point seven million a year deal, which was prorated to six hundred k, and he's got five hundred k in incentives. Uh, we don't know what the incentives are. But I'm sure they have something to do with catching the ball and getting some touchdowns, uh, which has <laughs> been a problem for him as of late. But adding him to the Saints team, will he be like a third, fourth, fifth option? Uh, that's probably a good move by them. Well, let's start here. Do you think he makes an impact? Uh, that's tough to say. Uh, I'm sure he could. He had some skills, which was, uh, you know, run 10 yards, turn around, jump up in the air, and catch an overthrown ball. Uh, he's got some other skills about yelling and screaming on the sidelines about giving me the damn ball, much like Adrian Peterson did last year for the same sideline. Uh, so, yeah, I think he'll make an impact, whether it's positive or negative. We're not sure, but he'll certainly make an impact one way or the other. Uh, I think it's a huge impact. I, I mean, it's going to take a little while. Dez obviously hasn't played in almost a year, but, I mean, first of all, I feel like his bad season last year had a lot to do with Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott is completely overrated. Uh if you watch any of his games this year, he's underthrowing, overthrowing, throwing to the other team. I think a lot of Dez's problems were because of Dak Prescott. Um, the other thing is, it's like you said, Dez is going to be the third, fourth option on this team. I mean, you got Michael Thomas, who's an absolute beast. You got Alvin Kamara back there. Uh, Dez is going to have his time to be open, and I think he's got a much better quarterback, a much better leader. I don't think you're going to see the temper tantrums that Dez has been throwing over the years with Drew Brees leading this team, not to mention this team is a contender, not like the Cowboys that were just scraping along all those years. Uh, this team's in first. I think this helps them a lot. Um, and I think the contract is great as well. Um, do you think that having Drew Brees as a quarterback helps him? Certainly. Uh, Drew Brees is a, clearly a Hall of Famer, first ballot a much better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Although I have the privilege of living here in Fort Worth, so I get to hear Cowboys Radio. Apparently, Jerry Jones is talking about giving Dak a extension. So apparently, they like what's going on. 
Um, to your other point about last year, Dak being his quarterback, what happened in 2015 and 16? Uh, I know he did play nine games in 2015 and 13 in 2016, uh, but he has not had a 100-yard game in almost any of those games, really. So uh, what happened? Uh, what year were you talking about, 15? 15 and 16, yeah. He played nine well, games in 2015, 13 and 16. I think he had a 100-yard game in 2015. Uh, uh, well, 2015, he was hurt, if I remember right. It looks here, he's like he only played nine games. I don't remember what his injury was. I think it was toe or something. I, I really don't remember. But, I mean, obviously that's probably a factor. But And uh, Tony Romo was hurt, too, if I remember. Wasn't that the year he broke his collarbone? I don't know. He's just filled with excuses. I know that. Uh, now he well, doesn't have any excuses being with Drew Brees. So we're sure of that. Being the third option on an elite contender, uh, Super Bowl contender, with a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. This is the best quarterback he's ever played with. It's not even close. Maybe yeah, the, I mean. Maybe in the Pro Bowl he's played with the same person. but <laughs> Drew Brees is obviously a step up from Brandon Whedon, Mark Sanchez, that you have to remember he was throwing him the ball. I mean, I think. I think people are blaming too much on Dez. I think he's still good. I think obviously he's going to lose a little bit, but he hasn't had a quarterback. Tony Romo's always hurt. Dak's always been Dak. Uh, even that rookie of the year season, he it was a lot of Ezekiel Elliott, if you ask me. I mean, I don't give all the credit to Dak. I've been hard on Dak. I'll stay hard on Dak. He's the reason the Cowboys are struggling. I, certainly, certainly uh, you can give some credit to Zeke Elliott. I think he had 1,500, yards that year. Um, but still, Des Bryant still cannot run routes. That's still the truth. No I, matter what you say, really, Des Bryant still can't run routes. Uh, I, I mean, he is he he, he, he was ball, a freakish athlete, so I forgive his route running a little bit. But I understand what you're saying. When he catches and, the ball, he's not going to outrun anybody. He's right, not, not anymore. Anybody. So he has to, you know, fight for that ball, fight for the reception. You get a get a first down and move on. Maybe get a touchdown. You know, yeah. if you're 10 yards away. But if you're 25 yards away, I don't see Des Bryant getting these touchdowns unless uh, Drew Brees chooses to throw it up to Des Bryant rather than Michael Thomas. So, I mean, that's a fair point. Uh, but let's let's look. Uh, do you think this puts the Saints over the top? Are they a Super Bowl contender now? I know they just beat the Rams. Does this make them that much better where they are a favorite in the NFC now? No, it doesn't change my opinion on them. They were the favorite uh, after the game against the Rams. It looked pretty promising. They were up 35-17 at halftime, and they allowed that game to become tied again. So I really do think that it'll come down to these two teams, the Rams and the Saints, much like everybody else. No hot take there. Um, but I think it's a coin flip as to who will win the game, and I don't think Des Bryant really makes that big of a difference uh, because the Rams defense is prepared to play against Des Bryant. And you could add someone else there. They're star-studded, too. So, Okay, so I agree with you that it's going to be Rams-Saints all day in the NFC Championship. My next question is, where is that game played? Is that in L.A. or is that going to be in New Orleans again? I think that pretty much will decide who's going to win the game. Um, I agree. The remaining schedule for the Saints really isn't that bad. They just have to end the season playing the Panthers twice and the Steelers once. So that's the last three games of the season. That's that's pretty tough. Uh, it could really decide where it goes. I'm not sure who the Rams uh, finish the season against, but it's probably not too tough. Yeah, I haven't looked at their schedule, but I mean, 
based on the way they've been playing and now that they're a little bit healthier again i think the only team the rams are going to lose to was the saints game they lost i i wouldn't be surprised if they ran the table on everybody else i really wouldn't maybe they trip up in a division game but that division's looking especially weak this year right with the cardinals and the 49ers being as bad as they are right i expect both teams to cruise the rest of the way maybe a stumble along and if that's the case then it's going to be played in new orleans I, I agree with you. All right, let's move on. Lev Bell still has not reported to Pittsburgh. Um, he, As far as I know, he has until November 13th to do so. Otherwise, he is not going to play this year. He's been forfeiting 850000 per game he misses, and he doesn't seem to care. Um, first of all, do you think he reports by the deadline? Uh, well, I used to think he would, but I've learned some news recently. Uh, kind of funny, the first person reported was ESPN that if he doesn't report by November 13th, he cannot become an unrestricted free agent. Then uh, reported by ESPN said that he actually can uh, not report at all this year and still become an unrestricted free agent due to his four years of service anyway. Uh, then I also re- read on ESPN it was due to his three years of service. So conflicting reports from ESPN about ESPN, uh, quite typical, <laughs> but... Either way, yes, as a Patriots fan, you would know that very well. Right. And either way, I would like to say uh, that Le'Veon Bell and his agent have played this horribly. So if you'd like a little prediction from me on this, I could be happy to give it to you. Uh, Lev Bell is going to fire his agent, blame it all on his agent, and hire Drew Rosenhaus, who will then probably fuck this situation up even more. Uh, <laughs> but he'll at least get paid something. I expect him, uh, he'll most likely sign. I think with Indy, he, uh, it seems like he wants to play for Indy. If you've been Indy, watching, really? his, if you've been watching his social media things, uh, you know, it seems like it might be Indy if they want to pay the man. Uh, well, if, he's been spending a lot of time in Miami. You don't expect him to go there. He seems to love the nightlife. He's been there the entire season, partying it up. We see it on Snapchat, Twitter, all these things that he's always at the Miami clubs and working out. Let's let's give him some benefit here, benefit of the doubt here. He has been working out. In fact, he hasn't reported to the Steelers yet, but he he has been recorded working out in Pittsburgh. So, but he's been spending uh, most of his time in Miami. There's a lot of people uh, that like Miami. Um, you know, the nightlife there is awesome. The daylife there is awesome. The, the life there is awesome. Playing for the Dolphins, not so awesome. They play in the same division <laughs> as the Patriots. Uh, that means you're not going right. to win the division. That means you're going to have a tough road in the playoffs if you make it there. Uh, I don't think he wants to play for Miami. He seems to comment a lot on the uh, Indianapolis Colts uh, posts on social media. Uh, that's the only kind of investigation I could really run. <laughs> so... Um, I just don't think he reports to the Steelers this year. And if he does, I think the Steelers would be wise to just tell him to go home uh, because they have James Conner, who's a clear stud. There's no reason to bring this guy back into the locker room. They started one and two. They haven't lost since. Uh, they've got this thing back on track. Just keep Lev Bell you know, away from the team, really. Uh, I've heard that they can apply the transition tag to him uh, that pays him something like $9, $10 million a year. And then it gives them the right to match an offer or something. I don't know why you'd want to do that if you were the Steelers either. I don't think they played this situation that great either. They should have just shipped him off to Philly for like a second or third rounder or whatever. Um, or somebody that was offering him something. They, they were standing strong with the first rounder. Come on. He's still a running back, okay? I get he's real good. He's still a running back. They're a dime a dozen. So let's go. Move him and get something back. 
we'll just move on from him. Yeah, I mean, you made some really good points there. A couple things I was going to hit on as well. Um, James Conner is obviously doing an incredible job. In fact, <clears throat> by some metrics, he's doing a better job. Uh, in, uh, First play to, uh, what, a 1,000 yards so fast or something like that? Yep, and I'm um, looking at his stats right here. He's got nine touchdowns already, which matches Lev's touchdown total from all of last year in eight less games. Um, he's averaging 4.7 versus 4.0 per carry. Uh, Connor's receiving is pretty much on par too. He just doesn't have any touchdowns like Lev did. And we know the Steelers like to line up Lev as a receiver a lot. I think Connor can do the same thing. He's been doing a fabulous job. Obviously, I'm sure you've heard Big Ben talk about him. He thought this that uh, all the talk that Connor's all done as soon as Lev comes back was ridiculous. Uh, I think Ben loves him. I think he's over Le'Veon. I, I mean, all signs point to James Connor being the running back, not only this year, but in the future. Um, which begs the question, did the steel like, you have to be disappointed if you are a Steelers fan or in Steelers management that you're just going to let Le'Veon walk away for nothing. Like I agree. They put the transition tag on them. I don't believe they're going to match a salary. Um, in which case you just let a top three running back go for absolutely nothing. I feel they, like it's another stumble on the Steelers. I can't remember. I thought that if they put that transition tag, and don't match. They might get a compensatory pick or something, but uh, I just read that they will not get a pick okay. uh, under the transition tag. So right. I also read that. So it is absolutely nothing. That's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely nothing. He's going to walk away, much like I, I compare this to Bryce Harper walking away from the Nationals for absolute nothing. I think they're absolutely ridiculous for not trading him at that deadline, being so far out of the race. But um, yeah, I can't see the Steelers matching. And it, according to this article uh, on CBS, they didn't even receive any trade offers from him, which I find kind of weird. Maybe people, maybe teams are just steering away from Le'Veon. So, do you think he gets the money he wants if he is a free agent, not even a restricted free agent? If he's a free agent, do you think he gets the big money contract that he's looking for? I don't know. Uh, it sends a lot of red flags up for me because uh, in fantasy leagues, you know, not the same thing. But in fantasy <laughs> leagues, when guys get injured. Uh, I send out offers for them, uh, crazy offers, and sometimes they get accepted. And, uh, you know, I don't see why why wouldn't a team like the Patriots. They just sent out a fifth-round pick for Josh Gordon. Boom, got Josh Gordon. And, right. uh, you know, why wouldn't you send out another offer fifth round? Hey, maybe they pull the trigger and you get Lev Bell or the ops. Who cares about a fifth-round pick? Right. You know, you can even get it back if you want to. So Absolutely. I find the fact that no teams were making any offers whatsoever is uh, pretty telling. Um not to get I don't on the track here, but I, I just want to point out the values I see in draft picks, okay? For instance, what the Chicago Bears did this year in the Khalil Mack when they traded two firsts, I think, and a third or something, whatever they yep. traded, okay? You're getting back a known player. There's yeah. no doubt. You cannot, if you have the number one pick in the draft, you cannot guarantee that you're getting a player. And you still don't might not know for a couple of years, even after you have. I mean, look at uh, Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. Look or at, anybody the Cleveland Browns draft. Look at Andrew Luck. How about yeah. that? You know, we're not talking I, about when you took uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning went number one. You knew you had the golden child, right? Well, Andrew Luck was coming out compared to Peyton Manning, right? Now he's been in the league, what, six, seven years, something like that? Does he look like Peyton Manning? No. Right. 
right? But could he? Do we all believe that he still has the potential to be an excellent quarterback, maybe more of an Aaron Rodgers type? Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But here we are, six, seven years into it, we still don't really know. I I agree with you but 100%. Max steps on the field, you know what you're getting every damn time. The best player <laughs> in the league on, on that side of the ball. The best uh, pass rusher, that's what you're getting. Yep. You know it. And now yep. you don't have to worry about those picks that you that we just traded away. Someone else can worry about that, like John Gruden. Good. <laughs> John yeah. Gruden. Uh, th- there's so much to touch on there. I know we weren't really going down this route, but first of all, I think that Khalil Mack, obvious that Khalil Mack trade completely turned around the bear season. That, that team is, that defense is a force right now. I know he hasn't been playing, but I, I didn't expect the bears to be, I think they're five and three now. I, I wasn't expecting that. Absolutely. I consider uh, it a steal. It's yeah. a steal. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of NFL teams overvalue draft picks. I mean, they're nice to have, but it, like some of the trades we've seen, like Gordon going for absolute, for, you said it was a fifth. That's an absolute steal. I remember Anquan Bolden going for a seventh. Like it, it always surprised me that guys go for as little as they go for. I, I'd rather get rid of the pick and have a known commodity. Like you were saying, like who doesn't want Khalil Mack and why would you risk taking somebody out of college that, you know, frequently guys bust. I'd rather have Khalil Mack than the pick. Here you go. Take it. Right. It's I, the whole I, thing I, behind <clears throat> behind the Belichick uh, theory of always trading down and yada, yada, yada. He just acquires more picks and more picks in the later rounds, second, third, fourth. I think he picks the most guys in the third round or something like that. Yeah, um, sounds right. Yeah. And, you know, all he does is stack all these picks in the later rounds. He ends up bringing in, you know, a ton of guys from the draft because he knows that the likelihood of these guys working out is low. So the more you bring, the more that work out. Right. Right? I I agree. I, I never understood hanging on to the picks. I it, it always boggled my mind. Give me Meanwhile, the known commodity. Meanwhile, Chucky's over here just trading all his stars away to get more picks so he can try to figure out who's good and who's not. Uh, well, and I think more. that's I think this is again, we're getting off topic here, but I think that's more I just wanted to shoot my shot. <laughs> I think Gruden's loading up for Las Vegas. I think they are going to tank and get as many picks as they can. And then that summer that they move to Vegas, they're going to load up, sign everybody they need. I don't want to say Gruden is doing a good job because I really don't think he is. I don't know how you took a Raiders team that was, what, 14-2, and 13-3 and three, two years ago to one of the worst teams we've seen. Like, the Browns are outshining them completely right now that's how bad this team is nick mullins who they pulled off the street the week before it seemed like just threw for two touchdowns three touchdowns whatever it was he had like 150 qbr i mean the kid just destroyed that defense who have absolutely no pass rush now because they took away khalil mack it just makes no sense what this team is doing i i I can't understand it. Right. From here, Gruden's only choice really is to go the Golden State Rams route of trying to uh, acquire a quarterback that doesn't that is good, can run your offense, can throw the ball, and does not need to get paid. And then you ship the rest of the money to some star players and you draft well. You got to draft well. That's the thing we were just talking about. It's, right. it's like a crapshoot. And uh, then you have studs alongside rookies alongside studs. Right, you can I th- pay them all, and you got a two or three year window, much like the Golden State Rams. So we'll see the the Golden State Rams. Yeah, Golden State is that new? Who are they? The Golden State Rams. Are you talking Golden State Warriors or the Los Angeles Rams? Because you got me all messed up. I'm talking about the Golden State Rams. <laughs> okay, the football, anyway, the football team. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I think they might be on to something. Like having all those low contracts and all those draft picks, all a very young team, and then just infusing it with a bunch of veterans but i mean that doesn't work we saw the dream team that philly supposedly put together a couple years ago Uh, it's just football oh Oh, you don't remember vince young and asimov and yeah remember how well that worked out for them yeah yeah didn't work out yeah that's all the dream team again this offseason weren't they i i thought so oh yeah we're coming back repeat oh because they Traded for Bennett and yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Well, it's not if, if they are if they were claiming that it's not working for them. They're a 500 team right now. My Redskins are ahead of them, and let me tell you right now, my Redskins aren't that good. <laughs> the defense is surprising me a little bit, but they are not that good. I was surprised against Atlanta last week. Yeah, it's a bit of a letdown. I actually expected them to win that game, but I expected them to win that game too. Yeah, especially because Atlanta's so bad in the road. But let's get to the AFC side. And their run uh, defense is terrible. Who, the Redskins? Uh, no, oh, Atlanta's. No. Yeah, I, I expected Peterson to run yeah. all over them. Yep. But they were, they were behind too quick. So. Big failure. Yeah. But let's move on to the AFC. We talked about the NFC. We got our two favorites out of there. I, we all know you're a big Pats fan, so I'm going to guess they're your number one. How do you even? Uh, oh, look, yeah, exactly. So... I'll let you talk about the Pats, but first I'm going to lead into this with, are your are the Chiefs your clear number two team? Actually, uh, I'm going to throw you a little curveball here. I'm going to give you the Chiefs are the clear number one team right now. Clear uh, number one. Oh, boy. I should have I held back e- on that. Even though, even though the Pats beat them. They're not the clear number one, but they are the number one team right now. Um. I think they have a better record than the Patriots. Is that right? Well, I should have looked at that. First of all, it, well, the Chiefs are eight and one. The Pats are seven and two. I think that's what I have written down. I'm not sure if that's right. Yeah, that makes um, sense. So here's the thing. This is why I think Casey's gonna end up with home field advantage, and the reason why they'll have the advantage in the AFC Championship game, because typically we see the Andy Reid special around this time of the year, where they <laughs> just start rattling off losses. Right. You know, they'll lose five in a row, six of seven, something like that. So, wait, is, that's what they did last year. Anyway. Um, well, it was different last year. They went five and zero, oh, and then lost five straight. Of foot. Right. I, I mean, also they're eight and one right now. Like, they win two more games. They're pretty much a lock for the playoffs. Right, right. Um, but all they have left that's a tough game on their schedule is the Rams. That's it. Oh, so, I, I didn't least, know they played each other. That's going to be a great game. I don't expect them to falter. Along this way, uh, maybe they could pull another loss there. Meanwhile, uh, the Patriots do have to play the Vikings and the Steelers on the road. Uh, so those are two tough games, and they have an additional loss already. Um, now, the Patriots are known for just rattling off wins from here on out all the way through to the Super Bowl, right, and they right. certainly could do that. And if KC loses to the Rams, then the Patriots won the head-to-head matchup, and we get home field advantage. You know, but that's a perfect scenario. Do the Pats need home field to beat Casey in the playoffs? I don't think they do, but they certainly the spread would have Casey being the favorite. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, uh, I remember the last time, at least I think it was the last time the Pats played in Kansas City. It did not go well for Brady and crew. They he had Gronk. He was getting sacked almost left and right. And 
I remember it was like four years ago and everybody was saying, because I think they started off 0-2 that year and everybody was like, oh, that's the end of the bats. That's the end of the bats. So I don't know. I, I don't know how many games Tom Brady has had there, but the last game in Arrowhead did not look good. And I, I actually believe that KC, I'm sorry, New England needs home field advantage to beat KC in the playoffs. Okay. I don't uh I don't feel the same that they need it as in you're saying as they just can't win. That if they're going to the case No, 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 of course win. not. I I will never write off Belichick, Brady, exactly. Edelman. I'll never write them off, but Exactly. I, so I I don't think they are comfortable going on the road. That's for sure. After the Patriots rattle off win after win after win for the rest of this year all the way to the Super Bowl, are we going to consider James White for MVP? That's what I want to know. Because this man has arisen. He uh, you mentioned he saved them and how he was with them when they lost to the Chiefs and this that and the other thing. Well, the Patriots have a better record without Gronk than they do with Gronk as of late. Okay, and as of late, I mean the last couple of years. So uh, James White's been the guy to step up this year, and Corderell Patterson stole a little bit of his shine on his last game, but that won't continue to happen. So yeah, I I agree with that. If he continues his rate that he's been doing, he. Absolutely needs to be considered for MVP. I understand that you could say the same for Kamara, and you want to talk about Drew Brees, uh, but they've been doing that. Well, I disagree. I think if everything stays the course, Todd Gurley is MVP, hands down. However, I do agree James White, res- well, I don't want to say resurrected this team. Like the pits, Pats are never out of it. We all know that. But James White saved this team because they were pretty much down to one running back. I mean, you talk about Patterson. Is that really who you want to rely on? Absolutely not. Michelle's been doing a good job. Yes, but he hasn't been around. And James White stepped up in the biggest way, just like he did in that Super Bowl against Atlanta. Like, that that was him, right? Yes, absolutely. Super Bowl MVP. I, I never understood why James White didn't just get the keys to the car here. Like, why did they go out and get... uh? Yeah. I can't remember. He's cut. Who did they trade from Buffalo to get for a running back? Gillisley. Yeah, whatever. However you say his name. He, he's so that. insignificant now that he's not even on a team and we don't even know his name. Why wasn't White given the ball, man? Why did they go get Burkhead? Why did they go sign Jeremy Hill? Give James White the keys, bro. All these guys you mentioned, and they all get hurt. So that's why he gets so many. I can understand yeah, but that. Gillisley was not hurt. He just wasn't effective oh, like they were all on the team I, I i'm telling you number one patriots fan right here it's you know they were all hurt every one of them had their time on the injury report for sure and sure and you know i thought the same thing as you why do we have all these guys they're all guys that are pretty serviceable um but then the, the reason why we had them hunted up because they all get freaking hurt um but I get it. On, and- let, let me move to my next guy here uh josh gordon fifth round pick this is easily the steal of steal. the year so far um, what did you get last game? Might be 100? more than that. Huh? Might be more than that. Steal of the year. It might be st- Herschel Walker kind of steal. Like, it they gave be. nothing up for him. And he's, I mean, he's got his problems, but he's a freak. Anyway, continue. I think it was like five receptions, 140 yards, and a touchdown or something last game. I mean, this guy, while he hasn't shown the separation speed that he had in the past when he was with Cleveland, when he torched the league in 14 games for whatever, 1,600, whatever records it was, it was nuts. He hasn't so, shown that type of separation speed yet, or at least connected with it. I've seen him running behind a, d- a defensive back. Hasn't come down with the ball yet, but you can see. If you have a pair of eyes and you watch the Patriots games, you know that this is coming. This is They are going to connect on that. That speed is going to show up. It's not going to be the exact same thing that we saw with Randy, but it's coming. It's going to be close. 
Randy's the best ever. I'm taking him number one every single time over anybody you want to talk about. He's the best. But Josh Gordon is going to show up very similar real soon. Watch out. I think yeah, I agree with you again here, um, which is weird. We never agree on anything, but today we're on point together. Um, first of all, the Josh Gordon trade, absolute freaking steal. I, I can't figure out why the Browns got rid of him in the first place. Apparently, he was just too much of a headache, but... Obviously, the Pats are well-known for taking players that are headaches and turning them the right way, doing it the Patriot way, and turning them into the players that they are supposed to be. Randy Moss is a great example. Um, I might argue that Gordon right now is better than Randy Moss at the point that, not not career-wise, at the point the Patriots got Randy Moss. Randy Moss is on kind of on the tail end there. You don't think so? Don't care where he was because if you want to go back and watch the Randy Moss highlights, you will then, just with the Patriots, just that undefeated season that got ruined, we won't talk about that, but just that year right there, that was Randy Moss's best year. That was a record-breaking year. Randy I- still owns those records. He was untouchable. Just watch when Randy comes off the line and takes a step and puts his fucking hand up. Okay, his hand goes I, up. He's still three steps in front of the D back, and then all of a sudden, poof! I, I understand. Gone and he's downfield catching it all by himself. Josh Gordon won't do that. That's not going to happen. But, well, first of all, Randy is a much smarter player than Josh Gordon. I don't think there's any argument there. Randy Moss is much smarter. He knows what's going on. Josh Gordon, you can barely get the practice, never mind in the film room. But what I'm saying is, I think athletic ability, Josh Gordon might be better than Randy Moss at the point the Patriots got him. That's all I'm saying. He may be a better inside route runner, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to look at that because Randy's so damn good. It's uh, amazing. Gordon's He's the best. footwork might be slightly better. His footwork right. might be slightly better, right. I guess. But the speed, no. Uh, Randy put his damn hand up once, I believe, before I remember the ball the play. was even snapped. I remember the play. It was a post route. snapped. Yeah, I mean, come I on, that's you know he's Tom's over here calling Blue eighty two, calling audibles. Hey, over there, over here, and Randy and he sees Randy and Randy waves at him. They haven't even hiked the ball yet. He's Tom's chalking like, up right. the Tyree kill deuces. Tom, see ya. All right, all right, Randy, <laughs> just give me the ball. Hike. I listen. I get it, and that was the best thing for Randy Moss going to the Patriots. He'd never, in my opinion. People like to argue that Dante Culpepper was a serviceable quarterback enough for Randy Moss. But what I think is Randy Moss, if he had a quarterback all those years, he would have remained focused and he would have destroyed the league even more than he did. He never had a quarterback until Tom Brady, and you saw the results of what happened. And I kind of feel the same way about Josh Gordon. It's very similar. Uh, he had Johnny Manziel throwing to him, RG3 throwing to him. Now he's got a quarterback. He's got structure. He's on a good team, a winning team, and you see the results. Every week, they get more and more comfortable, and every week, Gordon is slowly getting better and better every week, and it went from him playing 20% of the snaps. I mean, granted, it was early. He probably didn't know the playbook, which is probably one of the hardest playbooks in the league, if I had to guess, but you see him now starting to pay dividends, and I think the Browns are going to be crying at the end of this one, much like the Carson Wentz trade where they traded down the pick. This one's going to hurt too because Gordon is a freak. And now that he's got Tom Brady, it, the sky's the limit, man. He's he's a freak with a great quarterback now. 
It's just that simple. I just want to touch on that real quick. I know we weren't supposed to go here either, but we are. Uh, quick reminder about last year's NFL draft. If the Cleveland Browns would have taken oh, Saquon, I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> Saquon Barkley, number of course, one. Okay? of course. The New York Giants take Bradley Chubb, number two. The yep. New York Jets take Sam Darnold, number three, and the Cleveland and the Browns, Browns end get up Baker with Baker Mayfield. At I know four. it made no sense, bro. It, it made absolutely no sense. No sense. They got lucky to get Nick Chubb at number twenty-seven. But was. all right, but. Real quick, I agree with you. That is most definitely the route they should have went. Saquon number one, it, it was a no-brainer, no-brainer in my eyes. No-brainer, no-brainer. They they messed it up. They screwed it up just like they always do. Just like the freaking AJ McCarron trade that they forgot to make a phone call for. Like this was this was on par with that. Um, Could, you would have been but, fine with but, Bradley Chubb at number one too. I yeah, sure, Saquon's sure. If you, trainer, want, if you want, but Bradley number one would have been. If you want to go defense. Yeah, because you're getting Mayfield in the four spot no matter what. The Jets aren't taking him. Right. The Giants aren't taking him. Right. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. If you want to go defense – but but what I was trying to say is let's not discredit Denzel Ward. I think he's a great player. Right. But I, do too. I don't think he's he the right choice for the Browns. The Browns – I mean, it's nice to have a lockdown corner at any time. But if you're the Browns, you got to draft Saquon Barkley, man. Right. The Browns had a good defense. Why, didn't you, dra- why didn't you draft Saquon? Because you – Sign Carlos Hyde as a free agent. Where's Carlos Hyde right now? Jaguars. The Jaguars. Like because they drafted what? Nick Chubb later, which they could have done anyway. Still, it's yeah, just, right? They, they wouldn't need to. If and, they the, and then you have two running backs for the next ten years. Like what? <laughs> the Browns hurt my soul, man. Like they just keep making mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. It's it's just unfortunate. Yeah, it really is. But I agree. Mayfield should have went fourth. He would have been there. Right. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our DraftKings picks of the weeks. Oh, How about baby. That? I've got numerous picks here. Um, I've got one guy that's a must start, and I've got a bounce back guy in a big way, I believe. Uh, the rest of them are guys I just feel are pretty interesting. Uh, probably guys I'd stick in my lineup. Go ahead, BDB. Let's hear what you got. All right, so what do you got? Two picks? I've got about seven guys written down here. So oh, seven. I, I was just going to... A couple different ways I went with one bounce-back guy, like I said, and then the must-start. Uh, we can start anywhere right. you'd like. I don't care. Well, let me start with my absolute must-pick this week, and it's Melvin Gordon. And we touched on this. Gordon's going up against the Raiders. Let me double-check that because I don't want to pump him up and find out he's playing the wrong team. Anyway, Melvin Gordon, guaranteed going against the Raiders. I just looked it up. This guy, if he wasn't hurt, would be in the same breath as Todd Gurley uh, this year. He's absolutely destroying every team he plays. He's been doing it all, catching balls, running balls. Against this Oakland defense, he's going to absolutely destroy them. The Chargers, by the way, going back to the AFC, Chargers are no everybody's sleeping on the Chargers. I think they're a very good team. I don't think they can compete with the Chiefs or the Pats, but they're going to be right there with them. Um, the Char- Chargers... Chargers are going to go up on this team so fast that they're just going to run the ball to Gordon. I think, unfortunately, you might see Eckler in there a little bit too much because I think they're going to be up that big. And that might be a problem, but Gordon's going to get his work in the first half, and it's going to be a lot of work. All right. My absolute must start is uh, Tyler Boyd. I love him for a few reasons. (laughs) That's funny. That's my number two. So now you just took away my whole segment. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to take that away when you're talking about a guy like Tyler Boyd. A.J. Green goes down. First of all, yes. Tyler Boyd's been a ball hog already. 
Yeah. Okay. Already yep. been a ball hog. I don't know if he's been sleeping on him, but you could easily call him a number one the way he's been producing this year so far. Um, he's at 7,500 on DK, which is a, a definite moderate, moderate salary for a guy who's averaging 18.8 points. And he's going up against the 32nd ranked pass defense in the league in the New Orleans Saints. We see it week after week feasting on that defense. Yeah, they're feasting on the other side too. But both sides are getting it every week. So uh, I think Tyler Boyd's a must-start. He's just a little bit cheaper than uh, Melvin Gordon you were talking about. But I love the Melvin Gordon pick, too, because he's been feasting all year as well whenever he's on the field. Yeah, uh, Tyler Boyd's definitely going to get a lot of work because I don't think since he can uh, keep up with New Orleans in the past game, like I I don't know what the line is on that game, but I'm going to say New Orleans is pretty heavy favorites. And sure. So Cincinnati is going to be behind. They're going to be throwing the ball all day. Boyd has been a ball, like you said, a ball hog all all year already. He's been outperforming AJ Green in quite a bit of the games. I don't want to say every game, but the fact that AJ is gone and the Cincinnati has to rely on like John Ross now as the number two, uh, Boyd's going to get a ton of work. And he's they're going, going to be behind the, the whole game. Of Lattimore, but I don't think that's really you know he's very yeah. good, but. Boy's very good too. So, but I mean, Lattimore is a great corner, but that hasn't stopped teams from putting up 30, 40 points. The Bucks, the Rams, right? It pe- doesn't really matter. Teams have been scoring on New so. Orleans, right? So I love the Boyd Lattimore's pick. Been um, some of that attention, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I also like Tevin Coleman this week against that low league Browns team. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's a nice spot for me to put my bounce back player of the week in in a big way, Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, I expect uh, Mitch Trubisky ran off three big games and then had a shit game last week. Uh, so I expect him to bounce back big this week. Yeah, the Browns. Uh, Who the Bears play last week? The they played the Bills, I mean the right? Lions. Sorry, I meant the Lions. What's that? The Bears played the Bills last week, right? Yeah, they played the Bills last yeah. week, and now they get the Lions at home, uh, which the I- Lions. Well, I love their coach, Matt Patricia. It is his first year, and they're more of a shit show than they are uh, of a, a turf show or a good show. Absolutely. Um, who, do you have a waiver wire pickup for us this week? Uh, waiver wire pickup? Not really. Uh, if Quarter, if Corderell Patterson, if you're lucky enough that he's still on your waiver wire, you should probably grab him. Why, you don't think Michelle plays this week? Uh, he's just becoming one of these uh, utilized guys in the Patriots offense that mm. you see him uh, you see him everywhere. And uh, those Like a guys, Danny Woodhead? Like a Danny Woodhead. <laughs> you see these guys, and uh, things happen for them. They start to score oh. points, and they can be very valuable, especially if someone gets injured. I like it. Uh, what about a defense? You got a defense for me? Because uh, I know who I like, and you're going to like my answer. I love the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots against the Titans this week seems like a no-brainer. They're starting to heat up. The Patriots' defense uh, points against their 11th in the league right now. A lot of people don't know, but they were number one in the league at the end of the season last year, even after their horrible start. Did not know that. So what that tells me is that they are heating up at the right time, and they could certainly start to bring that average down to head towards number one, which they actually normally end up being in the top three every year. Ben, don't break works, huh? That's right. (laughs) All right, man. Let's wrap this up. This was fun. I can't wait to do it again. Uh, I'm BDB. 
hanging with Brandon. Your boy B Mac. Thanks for listening. If you do, if we even let you. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, guys. We'll catch you next time. Yeah, have a good one. Later. <laughs>